0: I would walk miles, miles at... this is episode 272 for January 2014 and that song is I would walk 500 miles by the proclaimers and this episode we're tackling spider history and looking at amazing spider-man you guessed it number 500. Time for Spider History, the segment everybody loves except that one guy. Uh, we've got. <laughs> where are we going back? Uh, we're going about ten years back, Jr.
1: Yes, we are. I mean, uh, strangely enough, now there'll be two shows in the row, two shows in a row in the tw- from the 21st century. So uh, yeah, this is really this is something. But yes, it's the 10th anniversary of Amazing Spider-Man 500.
0: December 2003, this one came out. J. Michael Spruszynski wrote it. Art by John Hermione Jr. and Sr. Has a great uh, J. Scott Campbell cover with uh, Mary Jane clinging to the back of Spider-Man with a ton of villains right behind him. Uh, I I like J. Scott Campbell a lot. But um, Anyway, take me on this one, J.R. What happened in issue 500? It was called Happy Birthday. Yes,
1: yes, yes. and, uh, a little preface to the story is when I remember, I remember many years ago and, you know, I thought that 500 issues were only something that the DC comics ever reached. You know, it was, uh, you know, all the comics that have been around since World War II, they were the only ones to reach 500. Uh, and then it was like, oh god, you know, Spider-Man's now at 500, I am really getting old, but, uh, oh well. But I uh, know, uh, this is the third part of, uh, um, yeah, the happy birthday thing It started in issue 498 uh, Basically what happens is The mindless ones Invade Manhattan Which, of course, you know the, the first thing you think about is Well, you know, Megan Fox, Miley Cyrus You know, all of <laughs> them and,
0: <laughs> you know, They've
1: invaded Manhattan, Manhattan, but no, it's uh, it's it's little walking worms that with their heads glow or something, or than shoot beams. They've invaded. They're the they're the minions of Dormammu, and yeah. it, you know, and uh, it's and then Reed Richards says, "Oh hell, you know, we can't have these dominions of Dor, or minions of Dormammu walking around, so I'm going to whip up this big ass multi-vibrational uh, gun." And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, then he fires it. Uh, but, aha, uh-huh, it was a trick, because now Doctor Strange belatedly shows up, you know, and <laughs> says... You know, and it's, it's like said, oh, you, you know, Richard, you dumbass, you know, that's exactly what they wanted you to do because I just got back from scattering Dormammu among several dimensions, and then here you have to fire that big ass multi-vibrational gun and bring him all back together again. You know, <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, Reed Richard says, you know, yeah, well, you know, you should have told me this five minutes ago, dumbass. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, so now the, you know, Dormammu is back. And, right. So then in issue 499, uh, Dr. Strange starts fighting Dormammu, and Spider-Man for some strange reason thinks that he can be of su- some assistance by getting in the middle of it. Well, and guess what? You know, he thoroughly screws up the spell and both he and strange are now in a black void. And then later strange shows him a possible future where New York is destroyed. The heroes are dead. And Mary Jane gets her neck broke by a mindless worm. Um, so then, the, you know, they go into the black void again, and then all of a sudden, and oh, Doctor Strange has to cast another stupid spell, uh, and then Spider Man finds himself at the crossroads of of uh, two timelines. First, there's one of a possible future where an aging Spider-Man is standing in front of Aunt May's grave. And then simultaneously, he sees another uh, into another window in time where he sees himself as a teenager about to be bitten by the radioactive spider. And that leads us into issue 500. So
0: he's got he's got a funky uh, like Spider-Man coat, if I remember correctly, too.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's a few. It's telling you that it's the future. You couldn't, okay, yeah, you could. Because they wear that. coats, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing a coat. And there's
0: actually, no web on his face. <laughs> I actually saw a cosplayer wearing that, co- that outfit in Chicago. I thought it was awesome.
1: Well, you know, if you're going to do something, do it a little bit different, you know?
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh,
1: but anyway, so the story, issue number 500, you know, starts out with Spider Man at this crossroads. You know, he's wondering, well, gee, you know, this is my chance to uh, deflect the uh, spider away from biting me when I was younger and changing my destiny. And then there's, you know, we switch back to the future. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I could jump and, you know, this guy's being, you know, because the the future Spider-Man is surrounded by cops who are eager to blow him away. And the young Spider-Man says, oh, maybe I could jump in and save this guy and figure out what's going on. Uh, But uh, then uh, earlier, I think it was, uh, oh, when did he, I got to make sure. Oh, no, he doesn't say that yet. Um, Anyway, so Detective Lamont, who is a Straczynski character, you know, he comes and he's, you know, he talks to Spider-Man and says, uh, you know, just give up, take the manslaughter rap, you know, because they're, they're wanting to kill you for any good reason. And, you know, then. Spider-Man says, oh, I did what I had to do, and there's no going back. And then, of course, the old Spider-Man knows the young Spider-Man is hiding behind Aunt May's tombstone, and he says, don't try to intervene, and I won't tell you what's going on, because if you know, you only make it worse. A lot of a lot of talk, and then Spider Man decides to jump into the midst of all the New York officers, and they blow him away dead. Boom. Okay. Then now we're back to, and then at the very same time that uh, Spider Man dies, the old Spider Man dies. We go back to the young Spider Man, and and. The uh, wait a minute, the young Spider-Man who's looking at the younger Peter Parker who's about to be bitten by the radioactive spider. Uh, the 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 young Spider-Man. Uh, I'm confused already. Who? What the hell am I talking about? Um, <laughs> you know, time travel makes one's head hurt. But anyway, too many
0: Spider-Men. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, he decides not to deflect the spider because he says, "Oh, even though Uncle Ben will die, how many more people will die? That, you know, because I didn't save him." And then, at the, and then all of a sudden, everything goes black again. And it's Doctor Strange, you know, uh, you know, he hears, you know, Spider Man hears a disembodied voice of Doctor Strange going, "Luke, use the force, Luke,"
2: <laughs>
1: you know, and follow me, follow my voice, you know, and he's going to lead Spider Man through the, you know, Spider Man has gone back, I guess, as a result of interfering in all of Doctor Strange's spells. Um, you know, Spider-Man is now back in a past that's so far that Doctor Strange can't find him. Well, that's because Doctor Strange is a billion years in the future. Okay. <laughs> so, he t- Doctor Strange uh, tells Spider-Man to follow his voice. And so, Spider-Man is following Strange's voice all through... His own timeline, so like we've he he pops up in amazing spider man number four, where he's fighting the Sandman, then he you know he fights the sandman then he's he pops up in amazing seven where he fights the vulture, and then amazing thirteen where he fights mysterio, and he's just yeah. an amazing oh well, six, I've forgot six where he fights the lizard in nine, so he's just going through all that, repeating he's oh, and then here's a special scene just for Bertoni um uh, <laughs> he shows I know up in where amazing this is going. He shows up in Amazing Spider-Man number 11 when Bennett Brand has just been shot and shot dead. But he gets better, you know. And then, you know, Spider-Man goes, Betty, there's nothing I can do. It's a straight bullet. You know, and then Betty slaps Spider-Man, you know. (laughs) 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 Don't you talk to me. It's your fault my brother's dead. Your fault. Even though you you didn't have the gun, you didn't fire the bullet. You weren't you weren't dealing with criminals like Blackie Gaxton and Dr. Octopus anyway, you know, like my brother was. Even though he was a scumbag, the fact that he's dead is your fault!
3: Such so, <laughs> zeal. <that's the> <laughs> I love it. So, uh, so so wanna, which, which, I, need I need to hour? roll over and have a smoke now. <laughs> 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 what an image.
1: Uh, I love it. So, you know, basically, so, you know, and then, you know, Spider-Man redoes the scene in, like, I think, uh, oh, Lord, Amazing 33 or 36, where he lifts all the heavy machinery, goes to the de- – I, I, you know, I, I – it it doesn't it doesn't read this boring. I it certainly sounds boring the way I'm describing it. <laughs> but he relives the death of Gwen Stacy, he falls to his knees, says, like, I can't do this anymore And Doctor you know and Dr, you know and Doctor Strange goes, Yes, yes you can, Luke You
0: know Spider Man. quite was quite, was, quite like,
1: awake too. Because after every scene you know where Spider-Man fights an old villain, then you hear it Strange follow my voice. Yeah. So anyway, and then you know we get this we, we get this actually cool splash page of Spider-Man, you know, encountering all of his villains, and then
0: I I love that splash. I actually a have very, it framed. It is a very in the good. Spider-Man uh, shrine. It
1: is a very good splash page of Spider-Man fighting all his villains. And, you know, and of course, let's see here um, now. Let's count the uh, follow-my-voices here. Okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, there's five follow-my-voices. Fight your way to me. Fight the darkness. Fight despair. Fight until fighting is impossible. Then fight your way to me again. (laughs) Is that, is that worse than Doom? Doom. I don't doom. know. I don't know. But this, <laughs> this is apparently what my, J. Michael Straczynski has always wanted to write, because okay. in the early part of Amazing, his run on Amazing Spider-Man, Doctor Strange kept showing up inexplicably. And we kept getting this <laughs> advertise, this little blurb here, you know, be sure to catch J. Michael Straczynski's special Doctor Strange miniseries coming soon. Well, yeah, that never happened. Did it ever come out?
0: No, never did. Never did. <laughs> it, never did. I mean, at least
1: more issues of Daredevil Target came out than... Uh, the, <laughs> 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 uh,
0: well, you know, we've done 260-plus episodes. We've never mentioned Daredevil Target before. That's awesome.
3: <laughs> well, well, where is going to quote an episode tomorrow where, like, you mentioned it?
0: <laughs> I guess so,
3: but... He, he did mention Daredevil Target before because I... We have? Yes, because we were talking about... Uh, it, it
1: was... <laughs> Back when um, Spider History had the evil that men do, and I mistakenly called it, when I was uh, making fun of Kevin Smith, I mistakenly called it Daredevil Father. And then everybody, you know, like, just so condescendingly said, Daredevil Target Dumbass. You know? That sounds like that. So
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so... Spider-Man now has finally found his way to the present, but just a few seconds before Reed fires the big multi-vibrational gun. Okay, and Spider-Man says, "No, it you know it's a trap or it's a trick." Whatever, you know, <laughs> we're just doing doing uh, Obi-Wan. Might as well do Admiral Akbar or whatever. So. You know, then then uh, all the other superheroes say, well, you know, Spider-Man just kind of came out of nowhere, started spouting all this kind of ridiculous stuff, and uh, I say we believe him. Uh, so, they, you know, then all the heroes start just fighting the mindless ones hand-to-hand, and all, uh, guess what? Doctor Strange shows up, timely as ever, and, you know, zaps away all the mindless ones. All right. There you go. Then uh he and Spider-Man get together again and Doctor Strange says, uh, hey Spider-Man, look what I found in my pocket. I got some candy for you. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but anyway, so he gives it, he gives him a little a little little oriental looking house and says, "It is for you, a gift, a special gift on your special day." Now, of course, you know, if I had you know, if I was Spider-Man and a guy with a '70s porn mustache, you know, was giving me a little something that said it was a special gift, I was begin- I would, you know, I begin to wonder, basically, uh, whether it was, you know, one, whether or not it was legal, uh, and two, whether, you know, whether or not I would be like taken to another dimension if I smoked it. But anyway, you know, then Spider-Man remembers it's his birthday. He goes back to, you know, he goes back home to Peter and I mean, to Mary Jane and Aunt May, and then all of a sudden, you know, this strange. Temporal shift happens, you know, and it's really unsettling because we change from John Romita Junior. to John Romita Senior., who is yeah. who draws the last uh, one, two, three, four pages. Anyway, Peter goes to the roof, opens the little Chinese little Chinese house, and rather than really special Oriental weed, it says uh, there's a little <laughs> piece of paper that says you have five minutes. you have, you have five
2: minutes. <laughs>
1: Uh and then all of a sudden, it's Uncle Ben, right yeah. next to Peter, and they have an inspirational conversation of which nothing of real consequence is said, but uh it certainly looks good you know, next to your uh my Tuesdays with Maury book uh and then you know <laughs> ben and peter Ben and Peter say they love each other, yeah. Peter goes back down to me- to the bedroom with Mary Jane and has sex with her. The end. All right. Uh, All right. The end. Happy birthday. Happy birthday and happy amazing Spider Man number five hundred. Frankly, uh uh in a very disappointing issue, in my opinion. I, I was very disappointed with it when I uh uh first got it and really it hasn't changed. It's just uh
0: Ten years later, still don't like it. it you didn't like you didn't like the Ben scene? I, I, I I haven't read it in ten years, but I, I, I kind of remember loving that scene.
1: Well, but they don't say anything. I mean, but, you yeah. you know, it would be if if, well, uh, yeah. if if Peter Parker saw Uncle Ben again. You know, I think there would be something a little bit more specific than just. I mean, I, what do I say? I don't know. It was like Ben. I'm sorry. I ran away from the. You know, I, I let the burglar. You, do you want him to say that? Yeah. You know, and but
0: then if Ben forgives him, the, he can. He, he's done, isn't he?
2: <laughs> yeah, because oh, that's why he's
3: Spider Man, Brad.
2: <laughs> oh, I have.
3: I have my dead uncle's forgiveness. I don't need to stop carnage anymore.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. So, you know. Uh, I, I, but
1: then Ben says that you, you know you don't need forgiveness for. He does ask for forgiveness, but it's you know it's it's not because it's not because he let the burglar go by. It's just he just says I so many things I want to ask your forgiveness for. And Ben says forgiveness you don't need to be forgiven by me. And then again they don't talk about anything. Peter, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Then that's the only thing that matters, is it? <laughs> it, 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 I mean, you know what honestly if my fa if i saw my father again i think i would have a more meaningful conversation in 5 minutes than this was yeah. i mean i i, I you know I, I i you know i don't know i don't I, if i get too deep into it i'll start feeling pretty I'll start feeling melancholy but this is not what I, a conversation i would have if i saw my father again mm-hmm. utter or sure. A waste, but anyway, but now you expect like a big ass battle with the Green Goblin or a big ass battle with Dr. Octopus, or you expect that cover, yeah. You really, yeah. And, and again, it's yeah. a, it, it, it's almost like another Doctor Strange story. I mean, Spider Man is fighting, you know, minions, you know, and 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 you know, and and all the other superheroes are guest starring, and you know, and even though he goes through his history, it, it doesn't. It, it you you never really feel like it's that personal story for Spider Man because it's cluttered with all this other noise. So. Okay. You know.
2: can, I, uh, can I can I kind of do a slight rebuttal of that just for a minute? Yeah. No,
1: no, this is my segment, and you have to
2: agree with me. <laughs> I know Brad doesn't want to go online, but I, I, I want to get my voice out there. No, feel free, because um, I, I, re- I, re- I, re- uh, I I reread this today, and I am biased because uh, I I love the story, and it's one of those situations where like I think that it's not so much a life breaking or a heartbreaking life changing story for Peter as it is. You know, just a celebration of the character because it is five hundred, which is why kind of like not that it needs to do the whole clip show with the history thing, but JMS sort of reinterpreting like you know he, at that point where he says I can't take this anymore, and he and he just he reminds himself to fight again at the, in the very end, kind of concludes that saying, you know, despite of everything you've gone up against, no matter what it is, I don't know what it is. Do you think you're happy? And Spider Man kind of going along with that, like says I really am happy. That's kind of like that kind of reaffirms. The character, I think, rather than I mean I, I agree he probably would say a lot more meaningful things to uncle Ben, but it's it's sort of more metatextual for the character than it is for uh, for like the um an actual story. And I think in that way it kind of works personally
1: well, you know if I wanted metatextual, i'd watch Dr. Frankenfurter or something, you know I mean, uh, boy, that one went over like a lead balloon. <laughs>
0: Uh, to each his own, honestly. Fair um, enough. I don't. Know. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't think it's. Uh, do you like issue six hundred better than five hundred, JR?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. you do? yeah. Not yeah. necessarily because of the story. Okay.
0: How does this rank on the hundreds for you? This damn low. Now, yeah.
1: Amazing Spider-Man six hundred. It wasn't yeah. so much the story, but it was the effort that Marvel took in oh, to producing it. I mean, it was like they really want. They really tried to make that a special issue you know they weren't always successful with the stories but you know I just felt they really tried to make it a special issue this on the other hand was was you know more of uh, you know again more of Michael uh, somebody writing Spider-Man who Spider-Man is not his favorite character and since Superman wasn't available at the time and Doctor Strange didn't doesn't sell enough copies to support his own series yeah I'll write Spider-Man
0: so is this your least favorite of the hundreds
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't know I was never really fond of 300 to be honest.
3: Oh god I love that. What do you think of Gwen being a lot um awake when she died?
1: Oh that, you know that, a, that, lot that, of, was... a lot
3: a lot a lot of people got all bent out of shape about that but
1: for one it's like one panel it's um it's uh uh somebody's somebody's going through his his memories or you don't know exactly what he's doing i mean is he actually reliving the past is he at, or is he just going through his memories what's it's it's all you know metaphysical you know maybe not meta textural or whatever whatever the hell that word don said was Ouch. is there anything hey don is that anything like uh, verisimilitude or, uh, <laughs> or or essence uh, I, but, uh, <laughs> <It's the worst. laughs> I know it's after midnight you know the the last time after you the, uh, well the last time i got off a plane and you know went into a show or whatever i fell asleep so um
2: Very small too.
1: what the <laughs> hell are we talking about a hell of <laughs> Gwen Stacy's
0: oh, yeah, eyes I'm, open and how this ranks funny, on your hundreds list. But
1: real, he's truly, really bothered by that. Uh, I, 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 th- then I honestly have to say, uh, uh, yeah, uh, close the comic book, go back upstairs and uh, re-engage with, with people.
0: All right, let's do the next issue that came out uh, this month. Uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 2, issue number five, we're going to talk more Humberto Ramos. Ten years ago, he was drawing Spider-Man. Oh. This time, uh, <laughs> Paul Jenkins was writing it. It's called The Hunger, Part
1: 5. Oh, boy. I tell you, you want to see Humberto Ramos at his most Humberto's Ramosy? Uh Yeah, these, uh, <laughs> these first few issues of Spectacular Spider-Man it's is tough. it. Um, it's awful. It is just awful. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, and Aunt May just looks Aunt May looks like the crypt keeper in some of these uh, some of these panels. But anyway, Spectacular Spider Man. This was um, the successor to Peter Parker Spider Man, uh, which Jenkins had I think lasted about twenty eight issues, and Jenkins had finished the last one off, and then they rebooted Spectacular, and after success with uh, the Green Goblin, uh, in the story that has told with the Green Goblin, which went over fairly well, uh, he decided to take on Spider-Man's other uh, two uh, A-list villains, uh, unfortunately to much less success. Um, But anyway, the the hunger here starts off with people being attacked and their adrenal glands are being sucked dry. You know, it's like, ooh, like some kind of vampires running around, you know. Uh, And it turns out, aha, here is another... Caveat: They all have cancer. Well, uh, is anyway, it's a five-part story, so we go nowhere fast. But anyway, basically, what's happening is the symbiote has been out looking for a new host because, and as we find at the end, you know, as we find out at the end of issue number four, Eddie Brock tells Spider-Man that he's dying of cancer. OK, now through all of this, Brock is clearly seeming like he's, you know, getting ready to check out. He's confessing to his priest. He's writing apology letters to the cops, you know, so I can see sorry for everything he did. Um, and then so it looks like he's he's just re- he's getting ready to finally, finally, you know, move on to that next plane of existence. Um, and so issue number five. Is where Brock explains what's going on uh, and and he explains that he actually had cancer before he became venom because unfortunately, what Paul Jenkins decides to do, and I like Paul Jenkins, but what he decides to do is he decides to actually try to add to try to make sense of venoms already, twisted, doesn't really ever make sense origin. So what he does is he just slaps another layer of confusion on top of it. Because it turns out that what happens is because Brock is dying of cancer. That's the reason he got so upset about the Sin Eater story being exposed as a fake, because that was what truly made him feel alive again. And, see, because Brock is dying, the the symbiote doesn't want him anymore. The symbiote wants Spider-Man back. Uh, And it turns out that cancer patients, apparently, uh, with a certain type of cancer, excrete – what is that word? Uh, Let's see, uh, uh, epidural? Oh, hell no. That's what they gave my wife when she was pregnant.
2: Uh, Oh, uh, uh, Is
1: it – is it – no, 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 no. uh, Epony? Oh, hell no. That's Les Miserables. Uh, Okay. Anyway, (laughs) it's tumor secretes – Epinephrine, or whatever. Any, oh, epinephrine. Kind of. Oh, there we go. Uh, wow. How many dr- how, ma- how much do you know about drugs, Don? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Enough to get epi.
3: To
1: <laughs> now it turns out that the reason Brock has really hated Spider-Man is because... Brock knew that the symbiote really wanted Spider-Man, knew the symbiote was the only thing keeping him alive, and therefore he hated Spider-Man because he thought that Spider-Man would one day take the symbiote back and then Eddie would die. Okay. Mm. All right, let's really really make the So, you know, Eddie, you know, starts talking, you know, like he's a dead man walking, and then he, you know, then, you know, like people with cancer in 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 movies and other things do, they start coughing up blood. <laughs> And he passes out. Okay. <laughs> well, it turns out, apparently, the symbiote is dying, too. The symbiote needs a new host. And it's going to die if it doesn't get a new host. So, okay. So what does Spider-Man do? Does he think, hmm, you know what? Brock is a psychopath, a murdering psychopath. The Venom symbiote is evil and a murderer. Now, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to lift a finger. And they both die. this is like, too. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He he picks up a dying Brock, takes him to the park, which lures the symbiote in, and after all kinds of double-talking trickery, he throws Brock into the symbiote. The symbiote bonds with Brock again, because the symbiote doesn't want to bond with Brock, because the symbiote is saying it can only bond one more time. That's it. It will never bond with another host again. It will never (laughs) bond with, say, Matt Gargan. Flash Thompson, or because he can only bond one more time, and it just bonded with Eddie again, and it's you know, and, and now I have his cancer, and uh, you've condemned me to an eternity of pain, uh, me and the child that I'm going to bear. Uh well, You know, like <laughs> <laughs> nice toxin, toxic reference. Is that what happened? Is that did he
0: child of No. No, they venom and no venom. Venom was the grandfather. I'm sorry. Yeah, Carnage sorry. is the only one that's spawned since
3: then. Venom actually that's has f- not had another kid. Actually, that's Venom true. is technically not the grandfather of Toxin because the original Carnage symbi. I sound like such a nerd saying this. Yeah, you. The really original, do. the original <laughs> Carnage symbiote. Was um, eight by Venom in the Howard Mackie reboot, and the Carnage symbiote that we've had since then was from a magic box that Cletus Cassidy got in the Spider-Man Web Spinner series. There's something oh, continuity. Sweet. sweet Jesus!
0: All right, back to Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on a
1: second. I just got a text from my wife. Oh no, I'm not going. Um
0: <laughs> anyway, uh
1: Brock said, you know, Brock and the, you know, the symbiote bond again, you have given us pain and pain we will exist forever in sickness and cancer. Uh you know, a fate worse than life. You condemned us to cancer, fear, hatred. You will pay. Uh but not right now because this issue is almost over and uh, Dr. Ock's coming in in number 6 so I better scat. You know, so <laughs> it's like okay, you know, and then Spider Man just kind of sits there by a tree stump and you know says, "Did I solve a problem or create one? Did I just save Eddie Brock's life or send him to hell?" The end.
0: It's not one of my favorite Jenkins stories. Well,
1: no. Now again, five parts too long. The art is awful. Uh, uh, you know, again, he he tries to, and see, this is another thing too with with trying to add some kind of. You know, actually trying to add some kind of scientific or medical rationale to the Venom thing by saying, well, it feeds on adrenaline and that's why it likes Spider-Man so much is because Spider-Man going into action all the time. You know, the adrenaline would kick in, he'd get an adrenaline high, then the Venom symbiote would feed. You know, at, at some point in time, you know, these are comic books and You don't really need to know how everything works. Everything doesn't really have to have a reason for why it's the way it is. And, again, Venom's origin was pretty messed up to begin with. And to try to add, you know, try to make it make sense only makes it worse. And basically this whole thing of, I I think, now Bertoni may correct me, but this whole thing of, you know, um, the symbiote only being able to bond one more time, the symbiote being pregnant, I think those were like completely forgotten. Nobody else wanted to touch those. Although they did pick up the Brock with cancer storyline, Then he got touched by Mister Negative, and he got healed and turned into Anti Venom. <sighs> so, anyway,
0: I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember
1: that plot being touched again. Now the other, the other points I don't, I think were just like ignored.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't read the Venom series that was in the thousands. I thought that that might have dealt with the pregnant Venom thing, but. No, I, I, I actually read all of that stuff, and uh, surprisingly, Cullen Bunn went back to the Venom clone from the Daniel Way Tsunami series, but no one has ever touched um, Venom being pregnant again or him bonding one last time. None of yeah. that was ever followed up anywhere. It's good. Jenkins did a lot of stuff that wasn't followed up on, like yeah, his was, his, he his, was his a Lizard story. arc. Mm. Uh,
0: Jr. Sounds like you're not. Having a good month. Uh, we've got uh, we've got another uh, issue. This is a limited series. This is building up to the Spider-Man 2 Raimi film. There was a lot of Doc Ock miniseries that were released. Doc Ock, Negative Exposure, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Staz Johnson on art.
1: That's his name, Staz? Staz. He did Robin in the 90s.
0: What up, Staz?
1: Holy cow.
0: I, th- I thought that was a pay channel that you get. Ha, ha, ha. Only in Boston. <laughs> I got HBO Cinemac, and Staz.
3: <laughs> I got
2: your Staz right
3: ready. I got your Staz. That's like right the bootleg like version Star of review. Stars that they like that they That's sell funny. at the flea markets. You know, with like the bootleg version. <laughs> anyway, Jr. Thank JR. you, thank you. I just I just wondered when we were going
1: to get back to me. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Negative exposure, Uh, like um, Brad said, this was one of, not one, not two, but three miniseries featuring (laughs) Dr. Octopus leading up to the the release of Spider-Man 2 in in 2004, Uh, you know, holy cow, Uh, just, you know, if... You know, Mar- Marvel is is not one to be shy about beating something to death. That is that is definitely for sure. But this one was not a bet. Ba- this one was not a bad miniseries, actually. Uh, Good. Five part, uh, you know, yeah, and five parts. It just I, I don't know why everything is five parts. Well, I guess I do know why. But uh, it's a trade exactly. But yeah. negative exposure was written by Brian Vaughn, who is best known, I think, for uh, his series Why the Last Man for Vertigo, and I think uh, he, he's also known runaways. for Runaways, uh, Ex yeah. Machina, or Ex Machina, or whatever, you know, yeah. so it sounds, <laughs> sounds kind of Mexican, I don't know, you know, like, uh, anyway, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so he's, you know, and, and he's from Cleveland. So, you know, he's, he's probably a pretty good guy. But then so is Bendis. And Bendis is just dagnab evil. So I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but this story, this, 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 is a, this story is a different take on, on Spider-Man because it's told by someone who is not normally part of the Spider-Man universe. It's not told from Spider-Man's point of view. It's told from the point of view of a photographer named Jeffrey Haight And that, believe it or not, his, his name is spelled H-A-I-G-H-T. Believe it or not, a spelling of that name will actually come into play later on. But anyway, Jeffrey is a photographer, and not just a photographer, he's an artist. You know, you probably, you know, you probably know the type, you know, an artist. And uh, he's just insanely jealous of Peter Parker because Peter's pictures, Peter Parker's pictures get, you know, are almost pure surprise material and always pasted on the front of the Daily Bugle. Um, And Jeffrey's pictures never make page one. And, And Peter's shots are crude. They're amateurish. But but Jeffrey sees that there's something artsy. In their crudeness and amateurishness, so you know he 's just absolutely jealous of of, of peter parker and um, so anyway so what happens then is Jeffrey has a girlfriend, okay, good for Jeffrey anyway, but she happens <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> she 's a cop, and she works down at one police plaza, and she's always she gives him scoops you know where that you know so he can go run and take pictures. Uh, and, you know, she calls him and says, holy cow, Doc Ock's rob- trying to rob something from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So Jeffrey runs there and he gets, you know, and he, he's able to bribe a cop to let him in because the building's been evacuated. And Doc Ock is, is about to steal Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. OK, Google it. But anyway, because the Vitruvian Man influenced Doc Ock, you know, and it's 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 the greatest work of art in the world, and Doc Ock wants it, so, but anyway, so Spider, you know, of course, naturally, Spider-Man shows up, and starts punching Doc Ock out, and they get in a fight, and uh, I think, is this the one where, yes, Jeffrey's taking pictures, and he's saying, oh, God, please, please, let me be the one to get a picture of Spider-Man's death, okay, so, kind of like bill Co- kind of like bill cosby said in um one of his routines uh people are beginning to hate jeffrey anyway so uh, god that jeez, what is this quote? they're all going over badly
2: huh <laughs> did you ever watch bill cosby himself
0: scene? oh back
1: in the day
2: no yeah. I, just, I i just watched the, sh- the television show
1: now, Bill, he did, he did, he, the okay. special, he did a two-hour yes. comedy routine, calls himself a lot of great bits. He tells a story about a misbehaving kid on airplane named Jeffrey. You know, Jeffrey's always disturbing people and stuff like that. And then Bill Cosby goes, and everybody is beginning to hate Jeffrey. Oh, he's got to delivery. anyway. So anyway, he thinks Jeffrey thinks that he's got the pictures that'll make page one. Runs to the Daily Bugle at top speed. Says, "Robbie, I got page one pictures right here: Doctor Octopus and Spider-Man fighting in the Metropolitan Museum of Art." And Robbie says, "Oh, we already got those. You know, <laughs> and uh, Peter Parker's developing them right now." And of course. This does not make Jeffrey happy. Uh, Okay, so anyway, at the same time, Dr. Octopus and somebody brings him a newspaper, and the newspaper has a big ass picture of the fight or whatever, and Dr. Octopus says, That's an interesting picture. Who took that picture? And the janitor who's bringing him the newspaper says, "Oh, some dude by the name of Peter Parker." And Dr. Octopus says, "Ah, I know that brat." Uh, you know uh, I, And uh, aren't there any other pictures by anybody else? I saw another photographer there, so that's why he's saying. I saw another photographer at the Met taking our picture. It wasn't Parker. I've met him before, so who is this other guy?" And so the janitor's like, "Oh, here it is on page 11. Uh, Jeffrey Hate." <laughs> and Dr. Octopus goes, "Huh, ha, Hate. H-A-T-E."
3: Fate, <laughs>
1: splendid. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> anyway, so that is, is, That ends issue one to be continued. But anyway. Over the next four parts, Jeffrey decides he's going to learn Peter Parker's secret, so he starts following Peter around. Dr. Octopus exploits Jeffrey's vanity. He says, oh, I've seen your pictures, you know, because Jeffrey published a book about supervillains and their things. You know, he published a book of pictures about supervillains' belongings that are confiscated when the police arrest him. That has got to be really interesting. You know, uh, you know, well, you know, here's Electro's underwear. Uh, here's, you know, the, the, the shocker, uh, what the hell? That one is a shocker's butt blanket. Uh, I don't know. God, this is really going over badly. Anyway, um so. <laughs> you're fine. He <laughs> you're. You're plays on Jeff's vanity by saying, oh, I see, oh, I saw all these pictures. They're beautiful. They're wonderful pieces of art, you know, and. You know, he, 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 Jeff, uh, it's very, it's convoluted. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but basically Jeffrey helps bust Doc Ock out of prison because Doc knows that Jeff has a policewoman girlfriend, and guess what? Doc's arms are on display at one police plaza, so Jeff takes a, Microwave transmitter or whatever puts them on or puts it on Dr. Octopus's arms at one police plaza. It magnifies Doc's brain waves so he can reach this the, the arms the busty arms out of police plaza. They have another big ass fight um, and then. And then, you know, Jeff is revealed to be the guy who let Dr. Octopus out of jail. You know, Dr. Octopus goes to jail. Jeff, Jeff goes to jail. Uh, but after taking pictures of the marvelous Doc Ock Spider Man fight, his picture actually gets on page one. What an ironic plot twist! <laughs> the I love end. Those. The end.
2: Wow. <laughs> the story
1: is actually better than I
2: made it seem. Uh <laughs> what? Go ahead. I thought I've no. I, I I never read it because were so those miniseries were so prolific that I, I assumed they were not g- very good. But uh, it's interesting to hear that they are good.
1: Well, this one it's not a great one, but it's actually interesting because Brian Vaughn really writes Spider Man's jokes well. You know, Spider Man's jokes don't always you know they sometimes they they come off as lame because they're written very poorly by people who either don't quite get Spider Man or they don't have the knack for writing good. Uh, snappy humor but Spider-Man actually does have a lot of good lines and they're really funny and you know just one of them uh, there's like one of them where Jeff runs up to Spider-Man and says you ruined my picture and Spider-Man says well uh, try a thousand words I hear they're just as good um, you know <laughs> like that and he, and he compares you know when he fights Mysterio he compares Mysterio's globe to a Pop-O-Matic the Pop-O-Matic game but he does <laughs> He's he's got a lot of good lines. Vaughn writes Spider Man really well, uh, and um, it's not a bad story. It's just you know again five issues. You know you just really feel yeah. like you've been total, total trade. Yeah, you you feel like you've been exploited. Right. Uh, you, you want to review Kingpin? Did you get that one? No, I didn't get that one. It says okay. I, I have I had no use for any kind of revisionist uh, takes on the. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh,
0: doesn't sound like a good month for you, Jr. The main two books are kind of rough.
1: Well, they're, they've all been bad months lately for me, Brad. You know, I just really haven't. Uh, I don't feel loved. You know, I just really don't do <laughs> uh, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to fall on my knees and wait for a guy in a 70s porn mustache to give me a pep talk.
2: Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know, it, was, it was a
1: very, I mean, it was a very disappointing month. Amazing Spider Man 500, you know, uh, a book I'd looked forward to a long time. Ever since my brother came home with Action Comics number 500, and I said, "Oh God, this is so cool!" 500, you know, so I've been waiting, you know, 20 years, 25, 30 years for Spider Man 500, and it let me down.
3: Well, it That's would, true. after all that build-up. I know. <laughs>
0: okay, time for Bertoni's bios. Who are we tackling this month, sir?
3: Stunner, and what a tackle yeah. she is. Because she was such a, a big part of uh, the story this month, so I figured she it, she was begging for Bertoni's bio. I was going to do Felicia, but, you know, she she did nothing this arc but get punched in the face. while well, Stunner was punching people in the face herself so she first appeared during the clone saga in a gorgeous mark bagley cover for amazing 397 back when mark bagley was drawing the 616 spider-man she's got spider-man uh choked up against a wall and the cover proclaims the last spider-man doc ock story begins here because that was the last one folks there was never a spider-man <laughs> doc ock story after that so we see, we meet Stunner, who looks for, – for those who are just listeners and I guess haven't or not reading the books, although I imagine that most listeners of the podcast are readers of the books, I would hope. Um, she's a very, very large statuesque Amazonian woman with blonde hair and uh, a skimpy 90s costume, you know, like tights up against her, you know, um, no pants, you know, but, but boots who walks into a bar, and she's like twice the size of most of the men there, and she she trashes the bar for fun, and the owner is not happy, but Otto comes in and pays him off, and then Otto and Stunner, uh, who are in a relationship, by the way, they talk about Spider-Man's feelings and Otto's feelings, because this is when J.M.D. Mateus was writing the book, (laughs) and Otto's like, I'm worried about Spider-Man, he seems really depressed, which is because (laughs) of the death. Which is, I'm not joking, which is because of the, de- the death of his parents, um, his robot parents. So, and Otto's like, I need Spider-Man for my own humanity. And then Stunner's like, whoops, gotta go. And the next panel, she's not there. She's left the room. Like, and I don't mean she's walked out the door. I mean, disappeared in the thin air. And Doc Ock is screaming, come back! Really, really emotional, because this is J.M.D. Mateus, and everyone's got, you know, psyche issues. Later that issue, Stunner saves Spidey Spidey from falling, only to pick a fight with him. She talks about how, as a young girl, her father discouraged her from doing girly things and fighting because they weren't ladylike. She easily beats Spider-Man, which makes Otto, who was standing there the whole time off-panel, realize that something's wrong with Spider-Man. So he unmasks him in front of Stunner, saying that he needs to study him further. The story continues into Spectacular 220, where Stunner and Auk continue to talk about how much Otto loves Peter Parker. I'm not joking. But this is one of my favorite Otto Octavius moments ever. He calls Aunt May to say that um, her nephew is dying, and Anna Watson answers the phone to say that Aunt May's in the hospital dying. So Auk tells Stunner, can you buy some flowers for this um, woman and deliver them to her? And Stunner's like, why, sure. So as she's delivering flowers to her boyfriend's ex-fiancee, she's thinking about what a caring, awesome man Otto is for having her do this. So, guys, this is your challenge. Get your current girlfriend to give flowers to your ex-fiancee, and while you're doing it, like, have her think that you're an awesome guy for doing it and not be mad at you. Yeah. In issue three
2: ninety.
3: yeah. Yeah, he's. And this is back with this is his business suit days, his Armani suit. Otto's, That's why. Yeah. Stunner cuts <laughs> loose in Central Park in Amazing 398, which is the next part of the story. She makes a reference to how she used to be heavy, which is another clue to her background. And because it's the Clone Saga, she gets an ominous voice in the background warning her to stay away from Otto. That's Kane, who's watching it in the shadows. In Spectacular 221, Stunner sees Otto cure Spider-Man of a clone saga disease that he had at the time. Uh, But actually, that was from something that the Alan the Vulture did to him. Otto performs CPR on Peter and then kisses Stunner on the mouth right afterwards. So, you know, so Otto kisses both Peter and Stunner in that page. Sends Stunner away because Otto's plan is that he's going to let himself get arrested. Then Stunner's going to break him out of the police car. But Kane has other ideas. He throws some knockout gas at Stunner, and when she awakes, she finds Otto in a pool of his own blood on the street and cradles. And this is her last time seeing Otto until um, The Superior Spider-Man, actually. In Web of Spider-Man number 124, Stunner teams up with Jacob Raven to find the real killer of his partner, Louise. She most likely knows that it's Kane. We don't know how she knows that it's Kane, But uh, she wants him brought in for the murder of Dr. Octopus, which continues with Spider-Man Unlimited number nine, where her and Jacob Raven are interrogating people aggressively, much to Raven's discomfort. In Web of Spider-Man 126, Stunner and Raven catch up to Kane. Stunner wants to kill him. Raven's like, no, that wasn't part of the plan. Then Judas Traveler because it's the Clone Saga, yeah. teleports them away, which ticks Stunner off. And she's still ticked off in Amazing 403, where she says, ironically enough, that people don't vanish in the thin air, which she actually does a few uh, panels later, causing um, Raven to say, okay, what the heck. This is another clue, to her true nature, because we actually see her fade away this time, as opposed to being there and not being there. She later catches up to Kane and threatens to kill him as Spider-Man looks on. The battle continues in Spider-Man 60, and the building collapses on Stunner. Spider-Man sees her foot, but it Obi-Wan Kenobi's away before he can dig it out. And that's um, Peter Parker. No, Peter Parker. Yeah, Peter Parker runs into her in the DeFalco run. But in Scarlet Spider number two, when it was the Scarlet Spider month, this is when her origins unraveled a little more. Joe Wade gets who's a, a character in that book. He's hooked up to a machine, and Stunner's machine is right next to his. It's this the the thing that we saw in, in this arc the virtual reality machine that they put you in. They give you an avatar, and we see little bits of her host body. Like we, we don't see her full body, but we get the we see that she's a blonde, overweight woman. And in spectacular Scarlet Spider number two, we learn that her name is Angelica Brankale for the first time, and she's telling Joe Wade to give into the virtual reality hologram because it's totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. The next <laughs> time we see her, which kind of ramps things up to almost where we are now, post clone saga, she's at she's at a video store where she's a clerk, and she's in her Ange- Angelina Brankale uh, form, where Carolyn Trainer, who was the Lady Doctor Octopus comes to see her and they act familiar with each other. The book explicitly states that Carolyn made the technology, although Angelina always thought it was from Otto. She says, "We got to make you become Stunner again," which they do. And they go after these hand ninjas because they kidnapped the corpse of Doctor Octopus because they're doing some revival thing. What they did, like what they did with Electra, and in Amazing Four Twenty Seven, we see more of her background through a bunch of flashbacks throughout the revival ceremony, where it turns out she was an overweight woman who led a joyless, loveless life as an ostracized fat girl. Until she met Otto, they courted for a little bit, and he gave her a VR machine, which turned her in the Stunner. When Spider-Man, who was supposed to, like, they were going to steal his life force and give it to Otto, he gets away, so Stunner volunteers to take his place in the ceremony, because they can't wait for Spider-Man. The ceremony's already begun, and in a weird line of dialogue from the book, like, I had to write this down, and um, Carolyn Trainer says, now listen to me, Angelina, there's no reason for you to die. The little charlatan doesn't know that you're only a virtual reality, semicrom, that you're and that your real body is still inside the VR matrix, you know, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> 90s. Yeah. (laughs) Cause 90s, yes, exactly. As the ceremony completes, Carolyn tells Angelina the return to her real body, but she says, but what about Otto? And then Stunner's virtual reality form melts away. Otto Octavius is revived, and he significantly uh, weighs more than he did when he died. He's not Armani suit skinny-ock anymore. He's fat uh, green jumpsuit-ock. And in the next issue, Amazing 428, Otto goes back to Carolyn's lab and finds Angelina on the floor with a bloody face as a vegetable. And uh, this is explained by Carolyn Traynor. Oh, Otto, the process that resurrected you must have caused a backlash that imploded the virtual reality matrix, which allowed her to project her stunner persona. Of course. Okay. Otto vows that Spider-Man <laughs> will pay for this, because now he hates Spider-Man more than ever for this, so much that he'll never mention it to him again. Uh, <laughs> but before that happens, um, in Spider-Man Unlimited number 18, the premise of that issue is, like, it's Doc Ock relearning about his life because he he's using his downloaded memories instead of accessing Parker memories. He actually had downloaded memories, but there's holes in them. So Carolyn Trainer tells him his origin story, and he remembers things. And we see Angelina hooked up to machines to keep her alive, and she's like five times her usual weight. I sent you guys all a picture when we started this chat, so I'm not joking, she's huge in that book. Mm -hmm. We see more flashbacks of how she became Stunner and found out that she was actually used as a guinea pig for this virtual reality thing before Otto became the master programmer, and that she was originally Carolyn Trainer's secretary. And there's a backup story Oh, okay, I thought that was the call dropping There's a backup story Where um, we see that every day Otto leaves her a flower Because, you know, he still loves her and everything Even though he cheated on her in virtual reality form He was like ma- <laughs> He was making it with Carolyn Trainer When he was a computer chef, it was weird And uh, so that's the history of Stunner <laughs> uh, uh, Do you like her, Bertoni? I mean, what's
0: your thoughts on her?
3: I, I, I like her, but she's a product of her time. Like, I, I would have... Yeah. She worked for those stories. Um, I didn't like her during the whole I will find Kane and get revenge on him for killing Otto thing, because it was the same beat over and over again. Like, no, Stunner, you can't kill Kane, but I want to kill Kane. No, killing's bad, but he killed my Otto, my Otto. Um, and it, it,
0: it, it reminds me a bit of the, the Batman animated series with, with Mr. Freeze, I don't know... It, if there's a bit of an analogy there with the love that uh, is trapped or something. Um, I don't know.
3: It, it, in this case, is Otto Mr. Freeze or is Stunner Mr. Freeze?
0: No, I... I, I
3: well, that's true. That's true. It's a true. I don't know, <laughs> Because Otto was like leaving her the flowers like one day I will awaken yeah. from your vegetative state. So one's a blonde supermodel in a crystal tube. The other one is, you know, one of the the other one is a fat person from Wally. Um. <laughs> <laughs> i like to wind it there. That's a good one.